title of the message, Your Best for His Glory. Your Best for His Glory. I feel like the Lord just really put in my heart to say, don't tolerate. Don't tolerate the stuff in your life that's hindering your destiny. Don't tolerate it. Don't put up with it. Turn to your neighbour and say, don't tolerate it. I'm telling you, in the spiritual realm, demons, when they see a Christian born again, consecrated to God, they see his light, impenetrable light. But when they see a Christian who lives a compromised life, they see opportunity to afflict and to enter. Don't tolerate what hinders your life. We ready to go deeper? Amen. Hallelujah. Recently, uh, earlier in the year, uh, I had the privilege uh, with, with our team of going to Wales, North Wales, and having dinner with a group of people. And uh, I'm not dropping names. I'm just saying that it was an answer to many years of prayer to have dinner with these people. And uh, it was a group of uh, prophets. Okay, a group of prophets. Three prophets and uh, some other very godly people. So I prepared with prayer and fasting to have dinner with them in their house. And I had expectations of what the Lord would do, of impartation. And uh, these are people who walk in the anointing, at, at a, you could say at a world-class level. And uh, I came away from the meeting and something unexpected happened to me through that. You know, when you have fellowship with godly people, what is sanctified will rub off onto you. And we were having, we were talking over the meal and it was like, particularly one of them, it was like you had to be very careful what you said because everything was being spiritually weighed as to its value. And I came after we had four hours together, approximately, and afterwards I was so impacted by their consecration to God. And something happened in my life that I've been praying about for years. So I used to watch the news or more read the news, 
you know, politics and news, you know. And I felt that it was a hindrance in my life to, to achieve what he had for me. Social media, little clips and so on, the news, what's going on in the world. I wanted to know all about it. And, you know, after meeting with these prophets, it's been now, I don't know, six months, I have not, I don't think I've looked at a news website since. Social media is dead in terms of watching clips and so on. God had answered my prayer simply by fellowshipping with these men and women of God. Don't tolerate stuff in your life that's not enabling and helping you to achieve God's destiny for your life. Amen? What do I need to know about everything that's going on in the world? It's not going to help me change the world. It's not going to help me with the ministry that God has given me. It's not going to help me to achieve what he has in my life. It's just a simple example of how I wanted to be free of something, you know? And all of us, most of us, have habits in our life that are not helping us. And I had prayed about it, but I needed grace. You see, we have our part to play, and God has his part to play. Our part is to long for something better, to long for the best in Christ, to long to be free, to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, and in that grace of conviction to repent. And his part is to give us the grace to change. Amen? And I just thank God that I'm free. Amen? I may not know much about what's going on in the world, but I'm free. Amen? Turn to your neighbour and say, what do you need to be free of? You see, grace moves us from one place to another in our lives, in, moves us in a way that we cannot move ourselves. Do you have things in your life that you can't budge? You need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the wonderful thing about his grace, it comes by faith. When you repent, you believe that his grace is at work in your life, not only forgiving you, but cleansing you. And the wonderful thing about grace is it works in many different ways. God has many, many different ways of changing your life. Just trust him. I never envisaged that sitting down with this group of people would be life-changing in consecration. Amen? So you need to be in fellowship with other Christians because it will be a blessing to you, a mutual blessing. God has called us to be in fellowship in the body of Christ. I'm not getting religious with you. I'm not talking about, like, I rarely go to church. 
So I'm not getting religious with you. I mean, we're having church all the time. My grandson, who's three years old, we're walking down the street in Liverpool, UK, and he sees this massive hotel where we're having our meetings, and he said, oh, Grandpa, that's where church is tonight. <laughs> Amen? Church is fellowshipping with other believers. Unless you have a special calling in the office of prophet or something like that where God has called you in a special way like Paul the Apostle, you're all, we're all called to be in the body of Christ. Amen? And in the body of Christ, that's where we learn about consecration. Don't tolerate sin and bad habits in your life. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it even more abundantly. And there are numerous things that will steal that destiny of abundant, incredible, overflowing blessing in Christ Jesus. This destiny that God has for you. One of those things, let's list a few of those things. One of those things is yourself. Turn to your neighbour and say, watch out for yourself because yourself will steal your blessing. Yourself, it's like, well, I am what I am. You'll just have to accept me like I am, you know, I, I, have, I do this stuff, I am this way, I get angry, I do this, I do that. That's your enemy. You accept your problems. You're your own enemy. Never accept anything less than being Christ-like. Turn to your neighbour and say, stop being your enemy. God has the best life for you. Stop accepting anything inferior that the devil has put on your life and upon your generations. Amen? I don't have to accept that I'm always looking at the news. There's a better life, and I've got it now. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. That's my grandson yelling out, Amen. We got the kids, amen, chorus out there. Praise God. Hindrances to God's best in your life, yourself. Secondly, unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief that God could have this incredible, incredibly blessed life for you. Unbelief that He loves you and is generous towards you. I don't know if last night I told the story about, about the man, I think I did, didn't I, about the man who was located, who was a businessman, and, you know, and, he, and, and, and the other person was willing to fund their business and everything, but he just didn't get it, you know? Unbelief, unbelief. It's God's promise to heal you. It's God's promise to deliver you. It's God's promise to provide for you. 
He is who he is. But many times people's unbelief robs them from the best. Turn to your neighbour and say, just believe. Just believe. You know, everything is easy for God. Turn to your neighbour and say, you're not difficult for God. Just believe. Just get over yourself. Amen? What tries to hinder your life? Yourself, unbelief, and then the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness will try to rob your life. Demons. Demons come in to steal, to kill and destroy. They're real. They see in the spiritual realm, they see your destiny. They see your crown. They see the anointing, the call on your life. And they'll come in and try to destroy. They'll come in and try to destroy marriages, try to rob finances from you, rob your health. Okay? The spiritual world is real. We need to take it seriously, give our lives consecrated to Jesus Christ and give ourselves in prayer and the word of God, consecrate ourselves. Amen. Heaven is so close. Heaven is so close. No matter how many years away, eternity is much longer. Heaven is so close. The enemy wants to steal from your life. And then... There's the world and the temptation of the world. And the temptation of the world is immediate gratification of your flesh. And that'll rob you, you know, rob you, rob you. How many people went into fornication, went into adultery, and it ruined their life, you know? Immediate gratification, long-term disaster. Sow in the flesh, reap death, reap destruction. We praise God for his grace. Amen. The world comes to tempt you and the world says, satisfy yourself. Satisfy yourself. You have a need, satisfy it. It's all about you. The world says, it's this life that matters. You need to have a car like your neighbour. You need to have a house like this person. You need to have a job like this person. You need to be like this, you know. On and on it goes. Temptations. This world is about heaven. It's about serving our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about giving account to him on the last day. It's about wanting to hear those words well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the little. This life is the little. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. There is a joy that's coming. I'm telling you, there is more than you can imagine in heaven. Hallelujah. It's coming. Don't rob your eternal blessing 
for a temporary gratification on earth. You know, that beautiful car that you want, in 30 years' time, where will it be? But your riches in heaven, store up eternal riches in heaven. Store them up where Jesus said, there's no corruption, no moth, no rust. Amen? So he has this blessed life for you. You know, many people who suffer from depression are demonized. The devil puts depression on them and they have no sense of purpose. It's miserable, no sense of hope. One of the things, one of the blessings that God gives us is destiny. You've got a destiny. Whether the, the world or the church regards it or big or not, or not doesn't matter. You've got a destiny. Amen. Yeah, it's just amazing what the Lord's doing in, in these meetings. And, but I'm reminded, you know, of, of the days, you know, of pastoring a, a small church and the struggles, you know. I remember the days of being a missionary in Paraguay, you know, and the struggles and the difficulties, you know. But, but be faithful. Be faithful in whatever God has called you to do, big or small. Amen. And from the perspective of heaven, a small act of obedience is big. When the widow gave the two mites, it wasn't big like the rich people, but it was big in heaven. It was forever noted in the Bible for centuries, thousands of years. You can read about this woman who had a small act of obedience. Praise God. Turn to your neighbour and say, God's not expecting big things from you. He's expecting obedience. Amen. Do you know in Ephesians 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. And by faith we connect to it. It's ours. So why rob yourself? Amen. Praise God. Sanctify yourself, your daily life. Sanctify it. Because the God of wonders dwells within you. Why would you contaminate your temple when the God of wonders is dwelling within you? Choose what is best. We read in Joshua 3.5, they're about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land and Joshua says to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. Hallelujah. The God of wonders is within you. His name is Jesus, the miracle worker, the God of all grace is within you. Why would you give him a filthy temple, 
Amen. Sanctify the temple. Take out the rubbish. Give him your best. Hezekiah says, King Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 25.5 says, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Turn to your neighbour and say, carry out the rubbish from your holy place. Amen. You need to get rid of it. Shall we go deeper? How much? How many of you are actually willing to do something about your life? All right. Some of you, you put up your hand, some of you need to take out your television and throw it out. Oh, no. No way. Yes. And some of you, you're watching the internet and all this garbage on it. You need to disconnect. Oh, no. Yes. I'm talking about a radical following of Jesus Christ where you get rid of everything that hinders your life from serving him and you're on fire with love for him. What is the baptism in fire? It's a baptism in love that consumes all the stuff in your life. It's like looking at Jesus with nothing in your hand. It's all him. Is there any accursed thing, object in your house? So let me tell you a story. So uh, uh, my daughter had a, a photographer, you know, in a shopping mall, take a photo of, of my grandson. And so, um, so she, we, she was staying with me with Isaiah and they framed it, put it up. And I always felt something's wrong with this, you know. So moved to my new place. And uh, I think the name of the company, the photography company, was The Magic Photo something, all right? So anyway, one night, I get up in the night and I'm walking along and the photo's on the wall of the hall and, it f and like in the house, there's no wind, right? There's nothing. And it's stuck on the wall. We have this, we call it blue tack. It's a sticky stuff. And it flies off the wall and hits me in the feet. And I'm like six feet away. Flies off the wall and hits me in the feet. I said to Sarah, this is cursed. Someone in that company was cursing the children that they were taking photographs of. Do you have something that's cursed in your house? There was a woman who came to a meeting in, uh, in England a few years ago and uh, she wanted deliverance. And man, you can watch her on, on YouTube. She was full on getting delivered. And, uh, and she's free, praise God, and she's changed. But I, I said to her as a prophecy, I said, I'm looking in your kitchen and I'm seeing... In your house, in your kitchen, I'm seeing a stack of papers 
what is that? And she said, they're all horoscopes in the newspapers. I've been saving them, storing them in my house. Do you have something that's cursed in your life? A cursed object in your life? There was a, a woman who came to a Sydney meeting um, and she had a, um, uh, what do you call that, those green gems? A jade. And it was a jade object. And uh, anyway, so she came without the jade object and she had a tumour, a breast tumour. And I prayed and it was gone. And then overnight it came back again and her friend brought her back with the jade object, the cursed object, you see? So the demon in the cursed object was causing the tumour. And so God takes it away, the demon just put it back again because the cursed object had to be destroyed. And so, and, and jade is very expensive. And in front of my eyes, they smashed the jade. Amen. The Bible says in Joshua 7.13, where the Israelites had been defeated by the enemy, and God says to Joshua, get up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And so the Lord revealed that someone had taken silver and hidden it in their tent, all right? And that silver was cursed and should have been destroyed, but they kept it with garments. And so the Lord revealed it all. And... Uh, a cursed thing, and that's why the Israelites were defeated. So when I, uh, just telling you some stories about this, when I uh, bought my house uh, a couple of years ago, I noticed that uh, I looked at prior photos on, on the internet of my house, and I, knew, I, I noticed that it had been used for religious festivals, okay? And my house had a water spirit in it, Okay? So, and when you own something, in the spiritual realm, you have authority over it because you own it. So as the owner of my house, I had the authority to cast it out. So obviously the people had done rituals of some sort to this water spirit, right? And uh, uh, Sarah can testify to this because she was staying in my house. I get up in the morning she, she, and she comes and tells me, Dad, there's a problem. I went into the toilet. The toilet's like a small room, okay? And you've got the toilet there, you've got the window in front, you've got the door, right? And the back of the door was covered in water and all the floor. The window was shut and dry and the toilet was dry. There was just water. And my house had so many water problems. Unbelievable. Blocked drains and... Anyway, and so I took authority over it. See, they probably had cursed objects, all right, and, and invited these spirits in and commanded the spirit out. My house is free. Amen? So very important. 
Get rid of the cursed objects in your life. Praise God. Your best means that you, your life is not conformed to the world. What's the world? It's the way people do things at work, the way every, everyone else lives. It's culture. Culture. Everyone say culture. Culture is the way people live. When I was in Vietnam, virtually everyone had ancestral shrines in their house. There are very, very few Christians in Vietnam. And the level of demonization, culture, you've got to sanctify your culture, whatever culture you're from. Don't be like your neighbours. Don't be like other people, you know. Be consecrated to Jesus Christ. Romans 12.1 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you're not conformed to the will of, to you're not conformed to the world, you're not conformed to your culture, you're different. You know, when someone we're here in the States, when someone comes from another country to the States, they bring their own culture. What culture, you know? We are citizens of heaven. We have our own culture. We do things differently. Amen? We're not the same as everyone else. We're heavenly citizens. We're spiritual people. <coughs> We're sons and daughters of God. He's our master. My passport shows my citizenship. I have a passport to heaven. Amen? My citizenship is there. My culture is there. This is how I define my culture. I don't do the things that the rest of the world does. I'm different because I have a different culture. Amen? Turn to your neighbour and say, what's your culture? Where's your home? What's your citizenship? I was uh, in Dubai passing through the airport. It was four or five o'clock in the morning. I was waiting for a cup of coffee at a restaurant, that, a cafe that was just opening. And uh, there was a man there and he, and he said, uh, where are you from? And I said, heaven. And he looked at me like I was nuts and he just walked off. Hallelujah. Amen. So God has tools so that you will receive his best. Okay? He has tools to pull you into your best life. Amen? Into a blessed life. The goodness of God will lead you to repentance. That's a very basic tool. He'll be good to you. He'll show his love to you. He'll heal you. He'll set you free. He'll do incredible things for your life to show you what you could have. He'll heal a sinner. He'll heal a Muslim, a Hindu, a Buddhist to show his goodness. Amen? God will draw you by his goodness. God has given us the word of God to correct us 
You know, there's a lot of confusion in the church today. The church is creating its own Bible. The church is creating its own values. The church is creating its own ethics. Go back to the Bible. You'll see what's right and wrong. The Bible is written in heaven. It's the eternal word of God. It doesn't change for any church or for any man, for any generation. It's the same. It's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? The Bible teaches us about righteousness, about those who will enter the kingdom of heaven and those who don't. Read it. Ephesians 6 tells you who will enter the kingdom of God and who won't. And the church today is teaching that certain people are fine, but the Bible says they're not entering the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So the Bible will bring correction to your life. Does your, your life measure up to the standard of God's word? 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired. That word means... It's similar to the word God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he was alive, alive. He's breathed into this. It's alive. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let the word cut in your life. When you read it, let the Holy Spirit cut you with his word. Amen. Cut out the bad habits. Cut out the weaknesses in your life and live for his glory and praise. Amen. Who are you wanting to please in life? Is it yourself? Is it your wife, your spouse? Please Jesus. Hallelujah. God puts us in the body of Christ so that people, he will use people to bring correction to us. The Lone Ranger doesn't want to submit to anyone. He wants to do his own thing. But when we are part of the body, we learn submission. Mutual submission is what the Bible teaches. Submitting one to one another. Amen? You need the body of Christ. Turn to your neighbour and say, you need the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit himself will come, one of the tools that God uses, and he'll convict you. You'll want to go do something and you want to have peace about it. Is that right? You go, well, this is wrong. I remember um, I decided to watch a documentary one night and the Lord clearly spoke to me. I saw him come up to the TV and turn it off. That's pretty clear, isn't it? But I was rebellious. I thought, no. You know, God in his mercy, you know, will convict you. Well, I was rebellious, so I kept on watching the documentary. And then uh, I read my, my scripture from, I think it was Isaiah 60, and uh, about, you know, because the next day was fasting. So actually, no, no, the next day was fasting. So I went to bed. And so then this takes me to the next tool. I'm just talking about my own problems in life, all right? How God is with me. So uh, anyway, so the next tool that God uses is discipline. Everyone say, ouch. Yeah, that's how it is. So I woke up and I was in an open vision. You know what an open vision is? 
An open vision is when you're seeing something, but it's physical. It looks physical. And I was watching a documentary on World War II, okay? And suddenly I'm in an open vision and there's American forces shooting in my room. Open vision, I'm physically seeing it. And I'm feeling convicted about what I'm watching, right? And then I went back to sleep and the bed starts to move. And I'm like, oh God, forgive me, you know? And I read the next day that they had an earthquake in my area and my bed's going like this. And then I opened up my Bible to my Bible reading, I think it's Isaiah 57, and it was my fast day, and it said, is this the fast that God has ordained that you please yourself? Like, you see what I'm saying? You can have habits in your life that the world would say, that's fine. Mark, you want to watch a documentary on World War II? What's wrong with that? The only problem is that I'm under submission to the master of the universe. And if he says you're not watching it, and he means it, then I'm in trouble if I decide to rebel. Amen? You with me? I'm not telling you what you should and shouldn't do, particularly. I'm just saying that God has a plan for our life. He has a destiny, and it doesn't include your bad habits. And you need to surrender yourself to him. All right, you want to keep going? You want to know about another tool? God will use in his dominion, his kingdom dominion, he rules over everything, he will use demons to teach you holiness. When you go into sin, when you decide to rebel against what the Lord's told you in his life, he will allow the demons to attack you so that you'll come to repentance. That's heavy, isn't it? And so in my life, you know, the Lord's real. The Bible says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And man, I don't have anywhere to move, you know, in the spiritual realm. If I move, <laughs> hallelujah. And some of you, you know, you get spiritual attacks, things happening in your life because you're tolerating stuff. You're tolerating sin. You're tolerating weaknesses. You've got bad habits and God's allowing things to attack you so you will repent in his mercy. Amen? Praise God. And then one final thing. God has many ways of many tools that he uses, but the call. Matthew, the corrupt tax collector, is sitting in the tax office. Jesus is passing by and he says, come, follow me. The call of God. Like tonight, Jesus was calling people. You know, you just hear him, come, follow me. That's it. I just want to give him everything. You know, when you meet Jesus, your life is never the same. You just want to follow him. You know, you've found the pearl of great worth and you're willing to give up everything for that pearl. It's called love. Love for God. 
You know, just give up the bad habits. Stop tolerating them. Stop saying this is how it is, you know? Gambling, lying, gossip, porn, horror movies, secular music, secular movies, whatever, you know, the spirit of the world uses the things of the world to afflict you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In life, you know, you can choose the best or you can choose what's inferior. Let's take marriage, for example. You can choose to marry a carnal Christian, okay? You can choose to marry a person like that. And Jesus gave the example. He said, no, this is Matthew 9, 16. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth. Unshrunk cloth was a new piece of cloth, new fibres, and over time, okay, it's going to, the fibres are going to shrink and pull away and tear, okay? So in marriage, if you decide, if you're full on for God and you decide to marry a carnal Christian, it's like it'll start to tear over time because you won't see this. Like you'll want to go to church, you'll want to go and see the football, you know? You'll want to stay home and have a home life and he's out at the bar, you know? And it'll begin to tear, to tear. And he'll want to sit down and watch all sorts of rubbish on the TV and it's an offence to you. It'll tear. So don't be unequally yoked. The new wine, that's the Holy Spirit and power, the new wine will burst anything that constrains it. When you come into the new wine and you get filled with that presence, you know, as we see people t today, yesterday, they get drunk, you know. It's not, not just the physical manifestations. God is at work in their heart and his spirit is moving in their life. And you'll find with your church, family, friends, colleagues, that when you have partaken of the new wine, that it will burst whatever constrains it. And God will give you a new wineskin over the years. And people in your life will have to either adjust or they'll break off. That's how it is. Unless you grieve the Holy Spirit and you make compromises in your life, the new wine will begin to expand and you'll need new wineskins. People won't understand you. People won't accept you. People will criticise you. Churches won't want you around, you know, all of this type of thing. The new wine. Jesus said, Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Praise God. So 
God is creating new wineskins for you. That's what's happening. He'll do a new thing. Praise God. Praise God. He has the best for you, the best life. So I'm just finishing up. What are your habits? What are your habits that you tolerate but the enemy sent? Wasting your time, your energy, your vision, distracting you. Anyone got some stuff like that? Distracting you? Come on, anyone honest in the room? It's distracting your life. Time to stop tolerating it. I heard the story, I think it was David Wilkerson, took all his TVs out. He had about seven TVs all the room and took them out in his truck into the forest and shot them with his shotgun. <laughs> Amen? That's not tolerating it. Hallelujah. Praise God. God loves you. God loves you. You know, your family, your friends, they see you as a certain type of person. But God doesn't see you like man sees you. He sees you as the best you. He sees you as redeemed, cleansed in the blood, holy, healed, delivered, sanctified, a saint, child of God. Amen? That's grace. That's how you need to see yourself and you need to conform your, your life to that image of Christ in you. Amen? Praise God. I think we got some meat tonight, didn't we? Amen? Turn to your neighbour and say, just stop tolerating. <laughs>